following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. You know, when I'm testing a recipe and, and I get it to a place where it's, it's delicious and it's good, that's really where the process starts for me because then I, I break it down and say, how can I make this easier? You know, do I really need to sweat the eggplant? Can I cut that step out? And I'll try it both ways. And if I can cut a step, I will. I'm really trying to make it so that I'm presenting recipes to people, to the readers, that the way that I would make it at home. Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 Podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. Today, we have Chloe Coscarelli on with us over Skype. She's a vegan chef and a multiple cookbook author. In fact, she's published her latest cookbook just this past February titled Chloe Flavor, and we're going to hear all about it. Chloe, hello. Hi, how are you? Thanks I'm, for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And, and where are you, by the way? Uh, right now I'm in New York. You're in New York. When did you first mm-hmm. become a vegan? I became a vegan about 15 years ago. I um, just, at a young age, made the connection between the animals that, you know, we had on our dinner plates mm-hmm. and then animals that my family had at and it didn't make any sense to me. Was that the connection, or did you read a book or watch a movie? Because there's there's multiple routes into this, epiphanies that people have. Totally. I think it's kind of like a combination of a lot of signs coming together in your life that really makes you have that realization. Um, so it was definitely a few things. I had some... Um, friends that were vegetarian. I went to a book signing of a vegan author. And um, yeah, it just suddenly it was like, you know, why haven't I done this any sooner? And for people listening that aren't sure exactly what it is, we hear it thrown around all the time. What is it? What is being a vegan? Being a vegan means you don't eat or use any animal products. Mm-hmm. Um so you basically don't exploit animals for food, fashion, or entertainment. And taking a moment to thank our sponsors, Veridesk, Rocket Mortgage, and ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. You'll hear more about these companies later in the show. And is it all or nothing? Can, can people be like a little vegan? Yeah, people can totally try it out, start slow. Um, you know, a lot of us have been raised in a society where, you know, meat and animal products are, are ours to use. And so um, it definitely, you know, can be a transition to abstain from using animal products. Um, so I definitely recommend that anyone can um, try it out a little bit at a time and ease into it. One of the things that... Um you know, you're really well known for is coming at the intersection of being a vegan with, with like classic recipes, introducing veganism to classic recipes. So what is the secret behind that? Um, I think that, you know, it's a great way to get people who maybe aren't used to eating vegan foods to try it. Mm -hmm. If they can, 
um, you know, still have the same flavors and textures and foods that they know and love. Um, so that's kind of my favorite approach. I'm going to read a couple things. These are things that you have made, you have created. A, okay. a Hawaiian teriyaki pineapple burger, Cajun jambalaya, mm-hmm. uh, maple bacon benedict. And I'm Canadian, so I think I'm partial to maple bacon benedict. Tell me everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fun ways to kind of show people that vegan food ha- doesn't have to be boring or bland. Um, and so, yeah, some of my favorite things to make are, you know, popular popular brunch items or popular, um, you know, burger items, things that people are used to eating. How do you make the maple bacon benedict? Maple bacon I make um, using tempeh. And um, ah. it's, tempeh is actually one of my favorite foods. It's a... Um, organic um, soy product that's been fermented. Um, So it's very healthy and easy to digest and um, really high in protein and low in fat. I I went through a phase where I was a pescatarian for about six months because I was friends with a pescatarian. So I know a little bit about that. And you're right. It it is a pretty good substitute. My weight changed drastically over that period. Do you Mm. find that people's weight drops when when they adopt veganism? I've heard, of, you know, vegan specializing doctors say that if you have weight to lose, vegan diet is a great way to lose it. Um, I wouldn't say if you go vegan and you don't have weight to lose, you're just going to drop pounds. Um, it all depends on, you know, your body and what kind of balanced diet you're getting. But yeah. certainly cutting out saturated animal fats of all kinds um, is an incredible way to just, you know, have your health improve all around, weight included. See, my problem would be that I would go quickly with carbs. I think if I took out meat, mm. I'd, I'd cling to carbs. You love carbs, right? I I do love carbs, and carbs are not something that, you know, we should be afraid of. If they're not topped with, you know, saturated animal yeah. fat, they're a lot easier on your body. Um, and so, you know, fruits and vegetables are carbs. Um, carbs are not, not necessarily a bad thing. I think where it, where it gets tricky is when people are having, you know, bagels with cream cheese or pastas with meat sauce and cheese. Um, that's that's when it becomes a lethal combination. Mm. I should get you to talk to my fiance because she doesn't like carbs <laughs> anymore. She stopped with all that, but it's an insulin issue, I think. So it, anyways, she doesn't yeah. do the carbs. But I, so okay. I don't do the carbs. Okay. So Chloe's Italian kitchen will be tricky for me. No, I mean, there's a ton of great dishes in that book that are, you know, based on beans and whole grains and legumes and um, vegetables and just lots of flavor and sauces make cheese out of cashews. Um, so it's it's not all pasta and pizza in that Okay, one. that's good to know. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I have to say, the, the greatest cupcake I ever had was vegan. It was ve- vegan banana chocolate. I still think about oh. it. Oh, yum. Sounds delicious. Tell me about your latest uh, cookbook. So my latest cookbook, it's called Chloe's Flavor. It came out just uh, just a couple weeks ago. I'm really excited about it. It's my first hardcover book and lots of great recipes, A to Z vegan, um, savory, sweet, um, soups, 
burgers, tacos, um, pastas, lots of cool veggies and salads, um, brunch items, a whole chapter for brunch, Mm. beverages, um, of course, dessert. So it's a really great book if you're looking to cook delicious, exciting, fun vegan meals that will, you know, wow your taste buds, wow your family and friends that are easy to put together. Now, speaking of of something that's not easy to put together, a cookbook is very difficult to put together. Am I right? <laughs> that is that is correct. And you've it written you've written easy. like thirty seven cookbooks or something. Like that. <laughs> This is my fourth. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it doesn't get easier each time. I will say that it probably gets harder of with each book because you have to, you know, top yourself and yeah. you have to do better than, than the last. Um, and so that can be stressful. You have had tremendous success at such a young age and you've had such public success at such a young age. Is there, was there, would you, uh, media savvy as a kid? Because it feels like I, I can go back on YouTube and just see videos of you at the age of 20 explaining how to make, you know, this Cajun jambalaya <laughs> or, or a cupcake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, it's definitely, you know, my passion to bring vegan food to as many people as possible and demystify the cuisine. And, um, you know, I do believe that the future is vegan. So it's, it's really exciting to kind of be um, working in food in this really exciting time where, you know, everybody's starting to embrace it. And it's really kind of a new day right now. Um, so I love it. <laughs> well, where did you grow up? I grew up in Los Angeles. Okay, that's where we're recording this. Where in, where in L.A. did you grow up? In Santa Monica. In Santa Monica, and did, did you come from a family of uh, of cooks and and uh, were, yes. were people in the media? So Tell me. My mom has um, always been a great cook, um, and so you know, at a young age, I was watching her cook and around her in the kitchen. But I didn't really take an interest in it until I decided that I wanted to go vegan. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, all right, I'm going to need to get in the kitchen with her, and together we really. Um, attempted to veganize a lot of her family recipes. Um, So it was, you know, just a lot of fun playing around with her. And, um, you know, she was really teaching me how to cook. But then together we were, we were kind of learning together on, on how to make, make all her best dishes vegan. Um, And when we started getting rave reviews from family and friends, um, that's when, you know, it kind of gave me the confidence, like, all right, this is something that um, can be big and something that needs a lot of attention. And um, I was just really excited to enter the field and industry. Was there ever a point where the industry and the business took the fun out of the actual cooking or what started as like a passion? Um, I, I would say, yeah, every day that <laughs> happens. Um, you know, when I just want to be creative in the kitchen and I have a full day just dealing with my inbox, um, yeah. it just can be so stressful. And I think that's that's what every industry is now. You know, whether you're an artist or doing something extremely creative or hands-on or physical, I mean, there's just still this, this email component to what everyone's doing. And I think, um, you know, just this concept that we can be reachable at all hours for people who, who are more artistic, that's... That's a tough thing to balance when you're trying to create, um, but then you're also, you know, reachable for for business conversations at all hours. Right. Um, so it's it's tough, but you know, I'm I'm kind of learning every day how to best 
kind of juggle things and, and handle it. And usually the solution is just not to sleep very much. Um, but I, I imagine someday I will, I'll get in a rhythm and, and figure things out to have a little bit more balance. Well, but that time is not now. <laughs> And we'll be right back after this quick break. Traditional static offices are a thing of the past. Today, companies and employees want an active workspace. Veridesk helps people reimagine their office design. Being more active at work, like standing more, sitting less, can help improve your health by boosting energy and productivity. Veridesk Active Workspace Solutions make it easy to encourage more movement in a day. The new ProDesk 60 electric standing desk is the cornerstone of the active office. It's designed with commercial-grade materials, stable at any height, and fully assembled in under five minutes. Plus, all Veritas products are made to last. They're also simple to set up and move or reconfigure as businesses change and grow. Check out Veritas products, including the new ProDesk 60 Electric, risk-free for 30 days with free shipping and free returns. Learn more at veridesk.com slash Forbes. That's V-A-R-I desk.com slash Forbes. And there's Rocket Mortgage. Support for the Forbes Under 30 podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask, why? Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to the rate and term in real time? And why can't there be client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. I know the business of setting up a restaurant is insanely difficult. The margins are so tough. Um, What was it that that, uh, led you into that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so much fun to cook for people in person and really be able to connect mm-hmm. with my community in person. Um, so I love that um, part of it and just being able to, um, you know, to actually like cook and eat with people um, and have customers that I kind of treat like they're in my own kitchen. Um, that's definitely the fun part. So um, definitely a component of, of what I do. And um, I think an important one, because like I said, with everything going digital, um, it's, you know, obviously great to connect with people that way, but it still doesn't replace that in-person relationships that you can form and just how valuable the feedback is from customers. And the first restaurant you set up was in New York, right? Um, yeah, I've worked in a bunch of restaurants and, um, yeah, set a restaurant up in New York. And um, right now I just opened a little kiosk in Miami that's yes. been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been an exciting journey. And I know, and I, you know, I hope it's okay to ask you about this, but it was you, – you left on, I think, difficult terms right in, in New York. Was the, And I wanted to ask if there was – that's what I mean about how – things can kind of become conflated between the the creative side and the business side. And, uh, you know, what what happened? 
Yeah, there's definitely a lot of challenges in business. And, you know, I think the most important thing is always, you know, figuring out what's important to you and um, surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, So I'm just so grateful to be working with an amazing vegan team right now that really, you know, has a positive outlook. And we're all kind of in it for the same reasons um, to change the world with vegan food. Um, So that's just really great. And tell us about the, the Miami Cafe. Yeah, with the Miami Cafe, um, yeah, I mean, it's just been a lot of fun. Like I said, I have a great vegan team down there with me, um, just having fun cooking for people, trying new recipes. Um, it's just been a really positive experience. The energy has been so amazing. Um, it's great vegan community and food community down there. So, um, yeah, it's also uh, a great, um, much better weather than right. in New York City right, right now. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's a better fit than, than, than in New York. And, uh, you know, this is an entrepreneurial show. A lot of, a lot of uh, listeners here will be curious to know, when you are partnering with people, what, do you, what advice do you have for people out there so that they can find the right fit? Yeah, I think that, you know, in terms of a business can only be as good as the people behind it. So I think that, you know, when you're setting up your team, it's, um, you know, really important to look for people who share the same values that you do and um, that you're all working towards the same goal. Um, And I think when that's in place, you you know, anything is possible. I heard that your, your, your creative process is you have your, all your friends come over in their pajamas and taste all your food. You have a big party. Is that true? (laughs) Um, I definitely employ a lot of family and friends and acquaintances to come taste test all day long in different locations at different different times of the day, but I'm always always looking for taste testers and um, you know, a lot of people that I meet say, Oh wow, how fun. I wanna be your taste tester when they hear that I'm a yeah. chef. Uh, but what they don't realize is it's actually a pretty involved job. A lot of people don't have what it takes. Um it how requires, so? you know, well, you can't just enjoy the food and consider yourself a taste tester. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need to actually give critical feedback, but there's a fine line between people who want to give feedback just for the sake of coming up with something to say or something really, really true. So I think honesty, um, like really um, deep honesty, is the best trait for people who taste test. Interesting. So who- radical honesty. Radical honesty. Not not going to say that it's good if it's not, but also not going to come up with a critique if it is good. Just um, so you know, I actually love having kids as taste testers. Oh, uh, yeah, there's no BS so, with the kids. Yeah, there's no BS. They'll spit it out if it's bad. If yeah, right. it's good, they <laughs> will just you know take more without even asking. And um, yeah, they'll they'll tell you exactly yeah. what comes to you mind can kind when of they just take the first bite. Exactly. Yeah. So one of my um, recipe testers, um, Anne Marie, she has little son Matthew, and he tastes um, almost everything that that went into this book. Um, and you know, when we when we're having trouble, I'm like, Anne Marie, make it from Matthew and tell me what he says. And that that always gets to the right solution. Oh my God! I just came up with a great idea. We should have a cooking show where the jury is children. Oh my God! That'd be hilarious. And, I love it. And there's no talking. There's no, yep. oh, I have a nice aroma of this, and there's a sense exactly. of that. It's just like the kid <laughs> The kid literally throws it across the table or doesn't shut up, you know, is, is quiet yeah. because he's inhaling it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. What should I we call it. that? What do we call that? 
You know what? Let's just ask the kids what to call it. They'll come up with a quick, honest answer. All right. I'll come back to you on I that. I love it. What I All appreciate, right. uh, Chloe, about your books is that they're very straightforward. They're accessible. And they're not at all like an Ikea um, you know, set of instructions that just frustrate people. <laughs> so where does right. that – how, how do you design that? Yeah, I um... – I, you know, put a lot of effort into the testing process, like I mentioned, and, um, you know, when I'm testing a recipe and, and I get it to a place where it's, it's delicious and it's good, that's really where the process starts for me, because then I, I break it down and say, how can I make this easier? You know, do I really need to sweat the eggplant? Can I cut that step out? And I'll try it both ways. And if I can cut a step, I will. I'm really trying to make it so that I'm presenting recipes to people, to the readers, that the way that I would make it at home. So if I'm going to skip the step of steaming the tempeh, then I want to tell the readers that it's okay to do that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely a, a lot of, you know, effort into making the recipes simple, easy, foolproof, straightforward. Um, and I think that's, that's the recipe to success for a cookbook. <laughs> and we'll be right back after this quick break. Hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidate for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post the job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. One more time. ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our Spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. And how long does it take? How long did it take you to write this book? Oh, a long time. <laughs> a long time. I mean, the recipes have been through just such extensive testing that, you know, sometimes I'll put a recipe away for a few months and then I'll bring it back mm-hmm. out and rework it, test it fresh. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a long process, but, um, and then, you know, by the time you take it, turn it in to the publisher, it takes a really long time to come out. So by the time you you actually have the book in your hands, it's like, wow, this, this feels like ages ago. Well, you, I mean, social media has become so central for people in, in um in the food space how and i know you have a big following online what's uh what goes into that and how much work goes into that to keep up your instagram and and is that where you are the most visible yeah definitely it takes a lot of work to keep up on social media um you know some days it just feels very natural and fun and other days you know if you're just um feeling really swamped with 
are overwhelmed and are, you know, not as optimistic as the day before and mm-hmm. just really trying to get things done and problem solve. Um, it can be challenging to, you know, keep an open dialogue with your community, but I try to be, you know, as open as possible. And, um, yeah, it just it's very natural for me. I don't use any, like, special techniques with social media. It's just run by me and um, very organic. Um, and so I'd like to keep it that way. I think, you know, there's, there's, it's obviously important to have a, a large reach on social media for business these days. Um, but th- at the same time, I also think, you know, the more authentic your community is, um, just the better conversations and feedback you're going to get. Yeah, and I appreciate it. It really does look like these posts come from you. Chef Chloe. It's at Chef Chloe. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes it looks so perfect. Oh. (laughs) Tell me about the Food Network's Cupcake Wars, because you went on that show at 22, right? And was that the thing that kind of introduced you to the public? Um, Yeah, that that was one of the first things that instances where I really put myself out there, um, on a national level. And, um, yeah, it was really, um, really exciting and just a great way for me to realize that, you know, vegan food, it's not just about tasting as good as, as non-vegan food. It can taste better. And so, um, that's really, you know, what, what I had suspected all along, but was right. really confirmed for me through winning that show. And so it was just a, a really great experience to kind of start me off on my journey. Well, you did win the show. And, and I'm, a, I'm imagining that when you walked in there, people underestimated you because here oh. you are, you're 22 and you're vegan. You're going to make a vegan cupcake on Cupcake Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I, you know, I definitely thought that I would be at a disadvantage, and so I was really, you know, genuinely surprised and happy by the results, and I think it, it really provided a launching pad for me, and I think, you know, the, I was, it, it, it was, it's a great way to put yourself out there, um, you know, if you have a product or business, and, um, you know, you want, you think that it's better than other products or services out there, but you haven't yet had the chance to really show people um, things like local or national or televised mm-hmm. competitions or, you know, tournaments or entries where you can really have a chance to show people your work, I think is a, a great idea for a first step for entrepreneurs. I'm always curious, how artificial is the drama on those shows? Because I always picture like maybe Lifetime's Unreal or something like the producer. The, the producers are tripping you as you walk out, or yeah, you know, spreading rumors. They definitely want want to make it more tense. So you know, when there's like five more minutes on the clock, let's say to bake cupcakes, um, you know, I'm like a, a fairly calm worker. Normally, I would just be like, okay, five more minutes. Let's make efficient use. But they're like, if you're not reacting to the five more minutes, they'll come around and be like, only five minutes left. And it's like, oh, to shake yeah, you up. I, yeah. I, I saw that there was only five minutes left, but now you just want me to like start screaming. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they definitely amp up the drama. But, um, yeah, everything you see on there is real in terms of the cupcakes that you have to make in the amount of time. Um, so I think it's just kind of up to the contestant if they, if they can keep keep calm under the, the lights and the flashing numbers and buzzers and all of that. Oh, my God. Look, uh, Chloe, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. I got the taco soup up on your Instagram with coconut milk <laughs> and uh, broth. I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Um, oh, once you, you. 
once you had the launching pad of the show, what was the first thing you did to leverage it? How did, how did you how did you know what to do with it? Oh, um, I you know it kind of all happened fairly naturally, but at the same time, I'd been working so hard, you know, ever since I graduated culinary school to kind of create a website, a blog, um, start my social media, start interacting with you know local. Um, news and recipe sites and other vegan chefs and um, so I think I just kind of was ready to try to you know use any opportunity to its fullest and then you know once I hit a point where opportunities were coming along um, it, it was just kind of a, a journey that never ended still here today kind of doing the same thing just looking for the best opportunities to really you know spread more vegan food to more people in the most effective delicious way so I'm I'm as I obviously was salivating over the Instagram post I noticed that there was like an at Bank of America powered by at Bank of America what what has your relationship been like with underwriters and sponsors Yeah it's great a lot of big businesses are very interested in promoting vegan food now um just because everyone's realizing how delicious it is and the commercial potential of it um, so I've definitely had the opportunity to work with some great brands um, to, you know, show them my vegan recipes and kind of tie that into what they're doing. And, um, yeah, it's just been really exciting. I think, you know, um, 5, 10, 15 years ago, bigger brands kind of would not be interested in um, in vegan chefs and kind of using their work alongside their brand. So it, it really is a really exciting time for veganism right now. And would you say where, how has the business changed? How else has the business changed outside of bringing on big names and brands like that and finding you? How else have you seen the business change since you entered it? Yeah, I think that um, there's, you know, there's a lot of just, Food is just such a moving industry that every day it's it's made progress in some way. Um, so it's exciting. It's also challenging because, you know, the bar is just constantly being raised. Customers, um, you know, readers, viewers are setting their standards higher and higher every day. Um, so, you know, chefs and innovators have to keep pushing themselves to, to rise the expectations um, and try to exceed them. Um, so it's definitely fun. Um, it's wonderful and exciting, and it also puts, poses a lot of work for all of us, which is awesome. Would you like to have your own television show? That'd be great. Yeah, I think it's that's definitely a tough industry, just because um, you know um, a lot of the a lot of the big networks are backed by, um, you know, meat and dairy sponsors. Mm. Um, so that's, that's a little bit challenging. But I think we are seeing a change in television. And I think there's, you know, so much more to go. And it's only a matter of time mm. that we start seeing a lot of that food, food media switch over. What about some of the streaming networks? It feels like they, there might be some more that they might be more compatible. Yeah, there's definitely some, you know, more trailblazing um, mediums that, um I'm sure there's lots of opportunity in. So, Chloe, you know, in following your career, you are mm -hmm. relentlessly optimistic um, mm -hmm. in, in interviews, and you're also existing in such a competitive space. So where does mm -hmm. the optimism come from, and how do you keep it up? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I really think there's just 
there's like no other way to be like I don't feel like there's a choice there um you know you could be pessimistic or feel sorry for yourself or um you know be upset by obstacles or hurdles or challenges um and and there you are you can just sit there and be upset um or you can look at everything as opportunity and a blessing and keep moving forward um so i don't think i could continue on if i looked at um at anything as like a setback um and i really think for most of my other amazing fellow entrepreneur friends i see that that um that trait in everyone and i look at other people and i say wow you know they've gone through these obstacles or they're in this challenging industry and they're optimistic it's like we all kind of have to rise to the occasion together and just stay really positive or else we'll move backwards instead of forward when you were a kid were you the kid that was selling the most cookies or you know in in the drive were you competitive as a kid <laughs> um i actually wasn't no i wasn't very competitive i think it's 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 less of like you know being competitive and ambitious in my blood as much as just feeling so strongly about my greater mission that you know when i think when i take a step back from my daily obstacles and think about them in the context of my life and then think about kind of the greater mission that we're all working towards together i just feel like eternally energized all right well chloe Chloe Flavor, saucy, crispy, spicy, vegan, is out now. And um, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk with us. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under30, that's the number 30, at podcastone.com. To Podcast One, Office Hours with Spencer Raskoff. Listen to the CEO of the Zillow Group as he talks to his latest guest, Ariana Huffington. The goal of a machine is to minimize downtime, but the goal of a human being is different. For the human operating system, downtime is a feature, it's not a bug. You can find his show and other great business related shows like Forbes Interview and Forbes Under 30 exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the new Podcast One app. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. 
We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.